I'm going to range up and down through those verses, and it really would be a great help if you can have a copy of the Bible in front of you so that you can follow what we're saying and thinking about. So how kind. If uh, you haven't got a Bible near you, there are some stacked at the back. Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 5 to 18. Thank you, Jan and others, very much, just to make it possible so that you know what we're talking about and enjoying this passage together as we look into um, 2017 and prepare ourselves, I hope, for the new year. Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 5 to 18. And I noticed that Chris Sutton, who chose the title for this service as others, he simply calls it Jesus, the founder of our salvation. Without Jesus, there is no salvation, which is a bold claim, but that is what the Bible claims, and it makes it very important that you and I keep our focus constantly on Jesus. And I want to suggest, to begin with, we focus on Jesus as the human being. It's said that the title that Jesus chose to use for himself more than any other was Son of Man. And that technically, I gather, is a title from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, which speaks of the Son of Man being enthroned in glory one day and King of the world, King of the universe, with his Father God. But Jesus, the Son of Man, was one of us. And that's why in verse 14 it says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So let's focus on Jesus as the human being. I'm still reeling a bit from Mary and I often put on the radio on Sunday morning to the Sunday program, and then the news follows. And the first two items of the news this morning on the radio were talking about Turkey and saying that a terrorist burst into a New Year celebration and shot dead 39 people and lots of others were injured. And it said the terrorist, and he may have had accomplices, are still loose. And then the second item was that the head of North Korea, Kim Jong-il, was announcing as he celebrated the new year that they are near to completing tests for long-range range ballistic missiles with nuclear warheads. Those were the first two items of today's news as we face 2017. 
And before that, we'd been listening to the Sunday program. And there, I rejoice that it spoke about Bishop James Jones. Some of you may know he was the Bishop of Liverpool and a wonderful Bishop of Liverpool. And it said that he has just been included in the New Year honors and made a knight to honor what he has done for humanity and in his leadership in different ways. And I must say that I think James Jones is one of the most human people I know. With a deep faith in God through Jesus, and it spoke about his work with the Hillsborough Inquiry, and they have honored all he did seeking for justice in his deep concern for the families of the people who died in that terrible disaster, 95 of them. And then the interviewer moved on to Syria and spoke about the agony. We might say that is drawing to a close, but it is by no means closed, and we've only got to see those terrible pictures of Syria we regularly have on our televisions. And the interviewer said, where is God in all that? And she interviewed uh, a journalist, Lise Doucette, who has been commenting and living and working among that disaster and many others in recent years. And Lise Doucette said that she has a sister who has been a Catholic missionary for many years. And she said, her sister, that somewhere she still believes God is there. But we may say it's difficult to see him. And those, that news and the comments this morning on that little program were talking about the human world in which we live. And the humans like you and me who um, live in this world. And Jesus, it says in verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. The Son of Man, he loved to call himself the Son of the human mother, and if you like, the Son of the Father God by his Spirit through which he was conceived. So Hebrews 2, verses 5 and 6, begin with a quotation from Psalm 8, one of the most wonderful psalms. I don't know, I hope some of you will know Psalm 8. And there is a glorious passage about the potential and greatness of man and woman. And it says in Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4, which is quoted here in Hebrews, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, 
What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. In other words, God is the God who made the world that we live in and enjoy, and he created the whole world and then created in that world men and women, mankind, like you and me, a little bit less than the amazing wonder of the whole world that he's created. He put men and women, mankind. And he goes on there to say in Psalm 8, You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. What a phrase. You put everything under the feet of mankind. All flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. There is mankind given control of this world. Lord and ruler, it says, over all the living things, all the animals, birds in this world. And when you think of animals and birds, God's wonderful creation, but they have no capacity for worship, no powers of reasoning, no ability to love, what a contrast to the potential of humankind here in verse 7, here quoted from Psalm 8. You, God, made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. That is the potential of mankind. And it's incredible. It's mind-blowing in today's world, today's society. I just get overwhelmed as I look into 2017 and think of the potential of mankind. I think of space. I don't understand space. I'm told that it took a year to reach, was it Mars or one of the planets? A year to get there. I can't cope with that. And up there is a space station, and there are people up there. Tim Peake was there for a time and has come back. And I look at medical science. There are one or two doctors here today. You know far more than I do. And I'm told in the news that a dead person has been preserved in a freezer with a view and the hope of returning to life in the future. And I read about changing gender nowadays, changing personality, and cures 
wonderful cures for the most deadly and crippling diseases. And I think of communication, and it's instant round the world today. I do have a mobile phone, I haven't got a smartphone, but I see children with these smartphones, mobile phones, going around, carrying them, twiddling on them, and seeing things around the world, just in a moment, in an instant. And I think of the power, as each person now has this smartphone on in their hands, and looks at it, and listens to it, and watches it. And then I think of the atom bomb that caused such destruction in Japan 70 years ago. And what is the power of weapons today? And I think of knowledge, the limitless knowledge that we have through the internet. And so one could go on the potential and the power of men and women. No wonder people use this phrase, the global revolution that is happening t today. And so people say, what is the need for God? Humankind can do anything and everything. <clears throat> and all the areas I've just mentioned just now, all those areas depend and come from men and women, from humankind. What if these powers are wrongly used, are misapplied? That is one of the reasons why people are so fearful when we hear about North Korea and other places. And I notice in verse 7 here, it says, You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. God made man and woman. So many people think, well, what is the need for God. Where is the need for God? The writer there says it's God who made you and me. Many say, well, we're getting on very well without God nowadays. And I reflect to myself, is the world more loving, more generous, happier, more fulfilled, less selfish because of all the potential that man and woman has. Let me just go over to a thought of the creed. What do we say if we quote the creed together? We say, born of the Virgin Mary, that is Christmas, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, and buried. But where is anything about his life? It's interesting and important. 
It moves from his birth, Christmas, to his death at Good Friday, and then the resurrection at Easter. And here in this passage, the writer moves from mankind, you and me, to Jesus in verse 9. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. Jesus, who was the human being, the baby in the manger, and the more I think about that, the more my mind is blown away by that thought. Son of man, yes, but son of God, yes. And he moves here from mankind, you and me, to Jesus, the model human being, the perfect human being. It speaks of here, perfect, in verse 10. And he moves on to think of the Son of Man, Jesus, now crowned with glory and honor, verse 9. And then the next phrase, because he suffered death, so that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone. It goes straight to the death of Jesus. And what do we read about him in verse 10? Make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. Highlighting his suffering. Verse 14, that we heard just now, he shared our humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. All the evil that is within us and in the world around, that is what Jesus came by his death to destroy the devil. And verse 17, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Atonement for the sins of the people. I said a moment ago, what if these huge and overwhelming powers of men and women of mankind today and all the potential of mankind, what if those powers are wrongly used and misapplied because evil, sin, is in this world. But it was through Jesus' death that Jesus became the Savior of the world. For the sins of the people, that lovely phrase in 17. That's why he died. And that is why we can't solve the problems legion problems around in the world at the moment. We can't solve those problems in ourselves. We can't fulfill our potential fully by ourselves. But verse 9, he tasted death for everyone so that 
we might be forgiven, so that alienation from God may be overcome. What a message through the death of Christ. And so the writer here says, verse 15, he frees those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. The death of Jesus brings freedom in ourselves. We are trapped by sin, by fear of death and all the uncertainty as we look on our world around, as we're aware of our sin within us. It says that Jesus destroys him who holds the power of death, the devil, and sets us free. And then in verse 18, he says, He suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. And you and I have temptation and pressure all around us. But because of Jesus' death, he gives us, as we turn to him, forgiveness and his life within us and then he is there by his spirit all the time, any time, to help us as we feel the pressure of sin upon us. So the next chapter, verse chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Holy, belonging to him if we trust in Christ. Holy brothers and sisters who share in that heavenly calling, fix your thoughts and minds and lives as we face 2017, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Let's just close with a prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we are overwhelmed as we consider the potential, the wonder of humankind. Thank you for making people, making human beings with such enormous potential. And then thank you for coming to be one of us. We marvel. And we thank you. And thank you for your death. The moment when you took the evil, the pride, the hatred, the bitterness, the cruelty, the sin of mankind, you took it on yourself. And we thank you this morning as we look into 2017. We pray that we won't 
focus on the tragedies and agonies in our world, but that we may look again to you and live for you and pray to you, the Lord of our world. Help us, Lord Jesus, for your name's sake. Amen.